Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Together with Delta, they're putting 5G into the hands of ground staff so they can better assist on-the-go travelers with real-time information. From the Delta Sky Club to the Jet Bridge, this is elevating customer experience. This is Delta with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Arlo Thomas. And we're going on a series of double dates to find out... What makes a marriage last? To meet Patricia Cornwell and Stacy Gruber, we only had to walk as far as the front door of our apartment. They had plans to be in Manhattan, so it saved us a trip to Boston. Patricia, of course, is the world-famous crime novelist. More than 30 years ago, she turned murder and forensics into the hottest ticket in fiction. Now it's everywhere. Stacy, no slouch herself, is a neuroscience researcher at Harvard's McLean Hospital and an associate professor of psychiatry. She's got bright red hair, and she had Patricia's attention from the get-go. I literally almost never went home after meeting Stacy. She spent two nights there. Never went back. With an instant attraction like that, we had to hear the whole story. So once we settled into our living room, they took us back to the beginning. In 2003, my publisher, Phyllis Grant, who was at that time the head of Putnam, she, she took me out to dinner and she said, okay, you started the forensic trend. What's the next trend? And I said, I don't know, but I want to be the one who does it. (laughs) Um, And so I started thinking, well, if you're not going to do forensics, that's going to be the brain. So I thought, maybe get more into the why of what people do and not so much the how and how you figure it out. And I thought, where would you go? you go to Harvard. And so through some contacts, I ended up at Stacy's Hospital, and they were touring me around, and I wanted to know more about... Is it McLean's? Yep, the brain and neuroscience and... And I, you were one of on the dog and pony show. I was. And it was in her, her MR lab. And literally when she walked in the room, I felt like an electrical disturbance. I felt like the air moved. Electrical and, disturbance. And it wasn't so like, great. oh my God, she's so beautiful or anything like that. It, it was, was not like, that. It was more <laughs> like, there's something about this person. I have to know her. So at the end of the tour, I said to the 
PR person taking me around. I said, I don't remember the name of that red-haired you know, neuroscience person, <laughs> but I have a few more questions for her. It's the <laughs> oldest trick in the book. Right. <laughs> I didn't know anything except that there was something about Stacy. I have to know. This person, I cannot let her get away without me trying to get to know her. Oh, how wild. So, but that's my was story. Was it something she had said? No, it was before she'd even said anything. Right. It was like her energy. I felt this energy that, that it, took, it got my attention. And then it's very rare that happens with people. Of course. You know, and there's a connection. It doesn't mean you're going to date them, but it means you're going to do something right. where they're going to kill you. Something, <laughs> something's going to happen. Something. Now, how did you see it? You know, um, so at McLean Hospital, we often have VIPs come through and philanthropists, all sorts of folks come through. Very often I'm asked to help out and sort of do these dog and pony shows. And, you know, I, I will never forget that day, actually, because I was very impressed with the questions that you asked. These were not the typical uh, types of queries that most people make when they come. Um, so uh, that was the first thing that struck me. She was extraordinary just in her ability to grasp things. And I remember finishing our interview and I went back down to my office. And I was actually cleaning up to leave because I had plans that evening. And then I got a phone call from Public Affairs saying, she has more questions. Do you have any more time? And I'm looking going, uh, okay, how many more questions could she have? Sure, send her back. And so she did come back. And I think we talked for quite a while. And then there was the inevitable, you know, would you like to discuss this over dinner? And for whatever reason, I don't know why, I thought to myself, yeah, I would. But here's the funny part. She would not get in my limousine. She had a big stretch limousine that, by the way, everybody in the hospital noticed. Everybody. This was not the most unobtrusive thing, right? Everybody. Why did you not want to get into the car? Well, I didn't know. Look, I'm a Jew from, you know, New York, New Jersey. We don't trust anybody. That's funny. So I think that's terrific that she's, no, I'm teasing. But I thought, you know, I should just go and meet her. I get in the car, I drive to her hotel. I pull up, and there she is. Like, I walked in, I was at the desk, I turned around, and there she was, right behind this, remember the big bowl of apples? Yeah. Right behind the apples, and I thought, there she is, just sitting and waiting. So, yeah. And we spent the next three days, every night we did something, and then the third one, we, we talked all night long. Well, let's be honest. So that first night... On the phone or in person? No, in, no, person. No, in person? So that first night, I took her to dinner, we went to dinner, and we talked and talked and talked, and we had a very late evening. Until about 3 a.m., just talking in the car. Just talking. In front of her, in front of my, yeah, in front of my hotel. Yes, because did me you off. feel the chemical thing, too? And there was certainly something there that was absolutely compelling, right? And there's this bizarre connection, you don't really want to stop talking, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think is, is really rather magical. You just, yes. you just know there's just something. Absolutely. And you were, she was very sweet and very kind, said, let's go upstairs and chat. And I said, no, we just kept driving around. Remember? <laughs> we dr- no. We oh, drove suspicious little rat. No, no. You know, it's like a 16-year-old boy on a date. Let him get to the front door. <laughs> so we drove around the circle of the hotel and talked and talked. And when did talked. you realize there was love here? I mean, or whatever. I think for me, I think I knew by the time I was leaving there on the, after staying up all night long, I knew this was something unusual, but I didn't really know how she felt. I thought she might just want to be friends, but what, but whatever it is, we need to know each other. Right. You know, and so. You didn't discuss your sexual status. I think we danced around a lot of that the first night. For sure, the first night. The yeah. second night was a little different in the intention question. but Then I think you get more of the questions where you're getting, really getting to know each other, and so then you're going to start talking about your past relationships and all that sort of thing. You were married, mm-hmm. and you weren't. No. Well, yeah, I'm an equal opportunity employer. I was married <laughs> to a man, and now I'm married to a woman. I think it's just only fair. I think so, too. I don't too. want anybody to feel left out. I know. <laughs> what I think is interesting about the two of you is that you really are... You know, 
mind and body. I mean, there you were in a morgue, and there you are in, with the mind. And I thought, what an interesting thing that you... This one right here, she when I, she's been to the morgue several times now. She'll go. Many times. And for, she'll stand in front of me. And, I, and it's like, I'm like, because I really don't like it. Don't tell anybody that. I hate the morgue, and I can't stand all that stuff. But I've had to do it for years. She you had to do it for your research. Yes. Right. Let's be clear. Yeah, but let's well, be clear. Yeah. For you, but she worked in a, you worked in but a morgue. But that's why I did it, to, to do the research. I started and got, out as a journalist. Aha. Uh-huh. The greatest profession. Right. You know, or it used to be. Uh-huh. But, um, no, I started out in journalism, then I did a biography, then I wanted to switch to fiction because I'd been a cop reporter. But I've always had a journalistic approach to what I do, which is why I met Stacy because I go out and do the research. Um, but she's she'll do anything. Anything. Well, that how did what, you decide that that was the kind of story you wanted to tell? Was that for because, being a cop reporter? Yes, and I would get to the crime scene, and they'd take the body away, and I would and I'd go, what are they doing with it? I want to know. I want to know. Because I wanted to have a forensic pathologist. I wanted to have all that in there because no one had ever written about it beyond Quincy. Oh, wow. So I said, you got to immerse yourself. Huh. But, but all of it is, it's, you know, we're very compatible this way because we, it's what you call having a seeking mind. Like we can be driving somewhere and then I'm talking too much. It's your turn. That's and okay. I do that anyway. All good. But we'll both look at something and say, I wonder how that got to, what happened to that? It looks that way. We how wonder. Nobody else notices. We wonder the same kinds of things. Right, right, right. Or we'll look at each other and we recognize the same thing that just passed us on a sidewalk and we're going, Did Wah. you see that? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Did you see that? But meanwhile, everybody else just walks past. They don't notice at all. And I don't understand that. Do you help each other with your work? Well, uh, she certainly helps me with mine. We, we sit around and invent things, gadgets and stuff that go We've in We've had a books. lot of fun over yeah. the years, that's we for do sure. A lot of, she helps me with things that she's an expert in. Well, since and, I write about science. And really. you certainly have helped me with what I do, for sure. I mean, my, my career has sort of taken a little bit of a different turn in the last few years. I mean, in, in what way? Um, so, you know, being in neuroscience or in psychiatry more generally um, has shifted to having a very clear focus in the therapeutic strategies of exploiting cannabis or cannabinoids. So I spent a lot of time with medical cannabis patients. We started the only program in the country looking at the long-term effects of medical cannabis or cannabinoids uh, for health benefits. You're uh, or, or marijuana. I am. Um, but. We have this one word and we need anything that comes from the plant. And I'm here to tell you that there are constituents from the plant that will never intoxicate you and have tremendous health benefits, but it's hard to we study. We use it on our backs. That's tremendous. The CBD. So I have the only study in the country that looks, it's a double-blind clinical trial to look at CBD, a high CBD, very low THC product for patients with anxiety. Because my, my feeling is we can help people live better, more satisfying lives. So, you know, in terms of being supportive, and being invested, and actually literally and figuratively invested. Um, yeah, I'm you know, money to her project. She certainly has. And I'm very and supportive of it because I'm, I've, I've seen it. She comes home and I hear the stories about the patients and, and you know, it, there's, it's, it's, it's really a miraculous thing. And I'm also, it's really difficult when you work in something that can be so grossly misunderstood. It's, it's you know? incredibly polarizing and yeah. stigmatizing. I mean, people really have a very clear sometimes incorrect idea of what it is. And this program has really skyrocketed, but it never would have been anything without Patricia's interest or investment and belief. Did you have any, I mean, I don't know how the world is right now because, you know, I'm in show business where anything goes, so I have no idea. Um, But when you were uh, at McLean and and you met a woman that you fell in love with, did they care about any of that? Did you have any obstacles there? 
So, you know, I was pretty quiet, actually, about uh-huh. my life before that. And I, as an undergraduate, I went to music school and I went to a regular university. And it was pretty, at music school, anything went. Right. But I think at McLean, I, I had pretty, I had a pretty low profile in terms of my personal life. Uh-huh. Um, that did change. People started to notice when this big stretched limousine started to spend time there. Well, the first time I came to pick you up to go anywhere, the only first time she let me actually pick her up was when I came back to bring her to New York the next week, and I picked you up in a helicopter. I'm a helicopter pilot, so. Oh, you were flying the helicopter with, with the person the I, that I was flying with, yes. Yeah. So she says, well, I'll come get you in the helicopter. Well, this is like any average date. Sure, of course. <laughs> so, like every other person that picks me up, I'm thinking, oh, sure, that's fine. Why, why do you fly helicopters? I got my license back in 1999 because my character Lucy was, I decided to make a helicopter pilot, and I love helicopters when I'd been flown in them for other things, so I decided to learn how. I just wanted to fly. I still do. You know, you made a huge accommodation to move to Boston just to be with Stacy, right? But I did kind of get rid of everything and move, and move how, my whole life to Boston. How long had you been together when you did that? Oh, it started immediately. It started with me trying to find a place to stay up in Boston so I could work up there on a book and get to know Stacy better. But then very quickly, we just looked and then we found a place and moved in together. I moved into your house um, while we were looking around. and You were pretty positive. You know, you just know what you feel. Was that kind of scary? Yes. I wouldn't say scary. I would say it was very unusual and a little, oh. What about you? What accommodations did you make? So I think looking back, um, you know, it was it was an unbelievable sort of whirlwind kind of thing that happened very quickly, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Very, very quickly. And things all of a sudden were set into motion. When I first went to Stacy's house, when we were just hardly starting to see each other, I went through and did a security check. And I had a burglar alarm put in. I had his privacy hedge. I had a gate. I mean, I did oh, it at her, house, at her house. I mean, she hardly even knows me. And I'm, no, 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 no. Why, no. why did you do that? Because she was not living in a safe way. She was living in a beautiful place and had done really well. This is well. what happens when you, when you live with a crime writer. Right? I, had, I had just finished redoing... <laughs> she knows redoing, every crime I, I had just finished redoing that house, and we were just considering this, this uh, uh, security system. And that, yeah, we... we, we How did that make you feel when she did that? Yeah, uh, you know, it was an unusual thing to have someone come in and say, look, you know, here's what you need to have, this, 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 this. And I thought, okay, and furthermore, easy. I'm paying for it and we're doing it now. And, and then I had to deal with somebody that worked for her. And I said, actually, we're not doing it that way. You can pay for this. I'm paying for this. We're not going to do it this way. Um, which, and it worked, well, it worked out okay. But I think it's so funny that you, of all people, I mean, you're known for being this fantastic crime writer. She knows every crime that can happen. I do. And I I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen to us as I best try. I can. We'll have more after a quick break. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Tractor Supply trusts 5G solutions from T-Mobile. 
Together, they're connecting over 2,200 stores with 5G business internet and powering AI so team members can match shoppers with the products they need faster. This is enriching customer experience. This is Tractor Supply with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. We're back to our conversation with Patricia Cornwell and Stacy Gruber. When we left off, Stacy was describing what it's like when a famous crime writer moves in. My way of life, the way of life that I knew previously was, I would say, gone. It's gone. Um, no, that's over. Listen, she went from living, driving her own car, living in her own house, having no alarm system, just living like a normal person, to living on a place where you have armed guard, living on the promise... And not because I'm kooky, but because I've had issues in the past, and and I'll be darned if anybody's going to bug us, you know, or or come up there. But oh, and I had to get, I had to. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the way a lot of people live in in Los Angeles, where but, you've got to be careful. But because of these there was so much news, but because we're on this stuff. big big property, right? So she has um, she has firearms. I had to get licensed to carry a firearm. I had to learn to ride a motorcycle. I did all sorts of things, right? These are not. Necessarily we weren't running around with guns on us, though. We, we no. were. In fact, we, they were locked in. We're no, we're not like gun crazy people. No, but, not gun crazy just, people. But you also inherited a life. A person who drew sure. attention in ways that had not before. That's right. So everything well, about so your day to day life, right. everything about your day to day life changes. Everything. Right. Your profile is completely different. And I right. had people before who couldn't put up with that. They thought they could put up with it. And then when it really got going, it, it threatened their sense of autonomy and power. And, and then you're going, you know, you're really having issues. And so she put up, she's put, you put up a lot. You still do. You still do. So <laughs> what made you decide to get married? I well, that one. You go ahead. I just. What was the distance between the legality of marriage and year and a half? May of two thousand four, I think it became legal. So we yes, and so we, we got married two thousand six, February two thousand six. We got married because we well we met in July of two thousand four. I basically, I just told her we were getting married. There was no asking. I said, um, I said, is I said, there something I don't know? I said, we're just getting married. To? I want to get married. I want to make this legal. I mean, I said, it's, um, this is not a romantic question. It's it's legal question. It's a contract thing. <laughs> I think we should do this. I don't oh, I'm want so it. I'm so happy you didn't say it was a romantic question. <laughs> no, That's what I said. And I said, well, just go do a JP in Provincetown and, get, and, and just well, do it. Actually, what she said was, as she called my office, <clears throat> Can you just get that set up? And I, literally, can can you just get that set up? You know, sort of like dinner reservations or maybe a flight. Um, sure, I can get that set up. And well, so, I don't know how to do any of that. I'd only been married. I'd been married before, and it was the big thing. It was the dress and and the bridesmaids, and it was the church and and oh, I, we had all and, that and 300 intact. people or whatever. Oh. I don't want any of that again. I'm just, this is I, this is different. I said I just want us to be together. Let's just go make it. This so weekend, let's are. just get married and get that done. Can we get that done? I just had made a decision that this was it. This is who I want to spend my life with. And furthermore, I didn't tell my lawyers, and there was no prenup. 
Well, makes your commitment all the more when we meaningful, get, when real. When we were about to get married, both of our business managers said you should get prenups. And we both said, that's kind of betting against ourselves. We're not going to do that. There might be a disparity in what I earn and what she earns. But the value that she's added to my life, including economically, because you're smart with money and I'm not, um, I, would, I would never want to quibble about something anyway. <clears throat> and we didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody. We actually went and did it. We eloped. Um, we eloped. Uh, which turns out to be a Gruber family tradition. My mother eloped, and my grandmother and grandfather, may they rest in peace, eloped. Some people were disappointed not to have been involved. But I have people. to tell you, I am not that unhappy about mm. it, because it turns out I, I didn't think I would ever be married either. I just didn't. And taking these vows, I was surprisingly, I felt surprisingly emotional for some reason. It just sort of snuck up. Well, I, of course I didn't, you would. But I didn't expect Big it. Move. I didn't expect I it. I sobbed it was, all through our wedding, and I was the one who never wanted to be married. But I didn't expect that, and I think it was because of this approach that we both sort of had, you know, let's get it done, let's get at this. It, all of a sudden, it, it, it sort of hit me what it meant. And I think yeah. that I, I won't ever forget that. It, it was one of those things that things don't often sneak up behind me and whap me right over the head, but that did. And I didn't, and I thought, oh, thank God no one else is here because I almost just cried just now. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so... I don't know how you felt, but that's certainly how I felt. It I mean, felt very emotional. Well, I've been, it was a big deal because I've been married once before. And if you, the thing is, if, you, if you've had a traditional marriage first, and by the way, the first time I got married, I thought that was going to last forever. I mean, I didn't do it because I thought I should. I was only like, I mean, he'd been my professor since I was 19 years old. And so, um, but the thing is, to me, it was the opposite thing. I realized I thought it is a big deal because I have done it before and it is a big deal and it is important. But what I don't care about is all the, what I didn't care about and wouldn't today is all the ceremony involved mm -hmm. and all the hoopla. I don't care about that at all. We have zero hoopla. Yeah, yeah we sure we did. We were hoopla free. I love that they were no fuss about it. With Patricia's Rolodex, they could have had all kinds of famous people at their wedding. Including Barbara and George Bush. Remember, they spent a memorable weekend with the Bushes at Kenny Bunkport. And Barbara put us in separate bedrooms in the guest house, and yes, she said, she don't you even think about visiting. <laughs> However, they have other guests visiting, a couple who had a third with them, a gentleman who had his arm in a cast, a lovely guy from MIT with a broken arm. His room connected to my room through a bathroom. That was the comment. So that was all right. So if he went out the, in the wrong door, wait, he could have climbed into bed with so, Stacey. So, so I would leave that. So what, so wait, 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 let me tell it. So what does she do? So she's, well, we can't sleep in the same room, but this is okay. So she goes, I'm just going to tell They're both Who's gone. she? Patricia. Both the bushes, may their rest in peace, are gone. She goes and she gets a chair and she puts it on the inside of the door of the bathroom. So this poor schmuck can't get into the bathroom from his bedroom. He's got to go into the hallway. Said, I'm sorry. What she says, anybody end no up in your way. Because he's going to come through. He's going right in that bedroom. Now, now don't think she's controlling her. No, no, no. Uh, just, just don't, don't misread it. Wouldn't be he she's definitely on. Sicilian. I've, I've known he that. He didn't mean beginning. to on purpose, but he might have. And I wasn't going to have that. I was going to be awake all I night worrying about it. We did think it was very funny that we were separated. But some dude, I never met this guy. It's okay for me to be with him. That's cool. I can't imagine that she wouldn't want two women to share a bathroom rather than a man. She didn't want two women to share in anything. <laughs> oh, God. My mother would have done the same thing. But it speaks to their confidence in who they are, that they can laugh at it. My mother's closest friend when I was a kid happened to be gay. And I didn't necessarily think there was anything wrong or bad about it at all. I was raised to believe that all sorts of things were perfectly fine, no matter what color you were or what your sexual orientation was. It didn't necessarily matter until it's you. 
And then it's a little different, if you know what I mean. No, um, so tell us. I, I think it's a little different, perhaps, and this is only on me. I can never speak for anybody else. I think that I always felt that I perhaps had been a bit of a disappointment because that wasn't necessarily a traditional trajectory that I was going to follow. Uh-huh. I dated plenty of boys. I never had any trouble in that department, but clearly that wasn't going to be... a disappointment to who? Your parents? I think that I worried that that would somehow disappoint uh-huh. um, my family. I do. I think that was... Because it was because it's very hard. In the town I grew up in, which I was not Catholic, but the the, the, the Billy Grahamville, because it was that little town. If you're a woman in your 40s and you're still not married, then you go into what's called the spinster category. Right. And said spinsters usually lived together, and they probably weren't, quote, spinsters, spinsters. after all. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. The gym teacher yeah. phenomenon. Right. 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 All those gym teachers were always so close. <laughs> were they? They're, they're How cousins. close were they? They were cousins. That was another one they used to get. They cousins. A Billy Grahamville was Montreat, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's where I, from age of seven until I went off to college, that's where I lived, right down the road from them. Yeah. Because my mother had moved us there when her, when so her marriage you, split up. So if you felt that you were a lesbian, that wouldn't be the town to come out in, would it? No, but I didn't, I didn't know what I was. I mean, nobody talked about anything in that town. You couldn't even have cooking sherry in the house. <laughs> nobody talked about sex. I mean, cooking sherry. No, you couldn't. It was, they were that strict. Huh. You know, you didn't, you didn't cuss. I mean, you didn't do anything. Um, there was no, so th- this would, in fact, those, a lot of those same people, they would, you know, if I got struck by lightning, which could really happen some of the places I go, uh-huh. I'd, I'd tell God, don't do that because too many people would say, of course. Oh, that's <laughs> of course <right>. she was. <laughs> that's right. When I was growing up, the two worst things you could be, if you were an alcoholic or gay, is was like really bad. And I drink too much and oh well, that's the rest of the story. But, <laughs> What did your ex-husband feel about all of a sudden you're liking women? Was that oh, a shock? Oh, he'd heard about that before. It's been, it had been in the news for, for years. Oh, uh-huh. And, um, yeah, his his first comment was, I didn't make you this way, did I? I said, you don't have that power. <laughs> you know, often that's that. such a male thing. You know, after I mean, we, oh, God, that's you know, hilarious. You know, we've been, we're friends. We're great friends. And it, But, you know, he was concerned. I said, because we'd broken up. And I say, no, not even you have that power. I'm sorry. Oh, do you have any particular advice for other same-sex partners? I would say that remember that the hardest thing is getting over shame because most people grow, a lot of people like me grow up where this is absolutely verboten and you're, you're something wrong with you. You didn't have as much of that because you didn't grow up in the South. But I would say that to remember that shame is something that is inflicted on you by the outside. It is not real. Be comfortable with yourself, and and that's a big one because if you're not comfortable with yourself, I think you're not going to have something that's going to work very well, don't that's you right. think? That's right. That's exactly right. But you got to deal with those things. If you grew up with something where this wasn't mainstream, and most people do grow up with that, you, I would advise you make sure both of you are dealing with that because it's real. And don't let don't yeah. let others judge you by their metric. Don't be judged yeah. by someone else's metric. It does not apply to you. The most important thing in the relationship is that you both should make each other better at what you're here to do and who you are. And she is always my go-to person, and she's my biggest supporter, and I try to be that for her with what she does. And Because I, I think, you know, feelings are fun and they're easy, but making things work and trying to be unselfish and, and to take care of somebody and to allow yourself to be taken care of and realize that together you're better than you are than if you're apart, that to me is what it's about. That's Patricia Cornwell and Stacy Gruber. What a smart and interesting couple. Their work is so different. 
but they somehow make them dovetail quite nicely. Just like two other people I know. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. I think that's one of the magical things about being in a relationship is if you can celebrate what the other person does and who they are. You know, if I had to put my money on this one, I'd bet on you guys. I would. Double Date is a production of Pushkin Industries. The show was created by us and produced by Sarah Lilly. Michael Bahari is associate producer. Musical adaptations of It Had to Be You by Stellwagen Symphonette. Marlo and I are executive producers, along with Mia Lobel and Lital Molad from Pushkin. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Malcolm Gladwell, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Eric Sandler, Emily Rostek, Jason Gambrell, Paul Williams, and Bruce Kluger. If you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. Dr. Laurie Santos here. What are the top things that keep employees happy? Feeling appreciated, feeling protected, good relationships with peers? Keep your business competitive by looking out for your employees' needs with quality benefits from the Hartford. The Hartford Group Benefits Team makes managing benefits and absences a breeze while providing your employees with a streamlined, world-class customer experience that treats them like people, not policies. From supplemental health benefits to coverage for life and loss and more, the Hartford has flexible products and personalized service solutions to meet the diverse and unique needs of your employees. Keep your workforce moving forward with group benefits from the Hartford. The Bucks got your back. Learn more at thehartford.com benefits. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.